Welcome everybody to episode 23, Can't See the Woodies from the Trees. My name is Al Goldeneye Unicorn. You fell from an ashes kids. Oh, that was a good one. That was a good pause, mate. Welcome everybody to two guys. You introduce me. You don't just leave me kind of high. So I was. I think you're the you're responsible for the pause that time. I'll I'll take that one, mate. So um, welcome everybody to episode twenty three of Two Guys One Dice Cup, which, as we just told you, is entitled "Can't See the Woodies from the Trees." And uh, I would hope that our listeners and our rookie coaches will be able to determine that we're going to be talking about wood elves in the rookie coaches section uh, for this podcast. So. I am, um, oh, you know what? It was hard. And the rosters yeah. together for this one, and it was difficult reading. It's uh, going to be, this will be, a, I'm, I reckon we'll, have, we'll either be mirroring each other or we'll be drastically different. Yeah, the, the, there's a, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, like I'm not a I'm not a massive wood elf player, but I've played against wood elves a lot, yep. um, and uh, I'd say this is one of the teams that I, I I appreciate has changed quite a bit in terms of its dynamic and costs and stuff like that. So yes, um, for, I'm, I'm not not sure. Yeah, for what it's worth, for the the coaches, both um, rookie and experienced that listen and on, I I gave the wood elves a good crack both in tournament play and league play. Um, I think around sort of 2016, 2017. Uh, yeah. I, I, I really wanted to make them work, so I put a lot of, a lot of work into them. Uh, and so I, I had knowledge about writing rosters, and then, yeah, it was, it was a difficult one, but we should save that chat for the yep. coaches section. Let's not ruin it all. Yes. And Let's let's start doing a deep dive into um, gaming. What if you? That is the section we do, isn't it? I can never remember. Yeah, uh, yeah. What's on the games front is, uh, yeah. is first up usually, and then uh, we segue into uh, um, what's on the table or whatever the yeah. fuck that thing's called. Uh, yeah, yeah, that the the second section. Uh, yeah, yeah. So as far as gaming goes, from my side, I have done a little bit actually. You know, I've not been able to commit to the Aberdeen League for uh for February because uh, I was supposed to be going offshore uh the start of February that ended up getting shit canned because my daughter got COVID. Uh but I'm offshore again uh in the next quite a couple of days for a week and a half effectively. So I, I didn't I didn't join up for the league but I did end up playing my first uh, vampire game. Ah, tabletop of course because you um you know the listeners will remember from last time because you did so well in your with your league team uh, yep. you had to take a lower tier team for your next one and uh you foolishly put out a, a vote from your fellow league goers and they gave you vampires yeah yeah i mean it was one of the ones i was con- uh, considering anyway but it, it was kind of um because I quite fancy putting to bed this whole animal savagery versus bloodlust uh, debacle mm-hmm. um, pers- on a personal level. Um, but yeah, um, it was an interesting game. Um, so just to walk you through the kind of cliff notes of it, um, I was playing against a fairly fairly new 
member to our league, but he's played a fair amount of Blood Bowl 2016 slash BB2 on uh, online. Um, um, and uh, he uh, took Imperial Nobility. Uh, he's just a, uh, just started in the league as well. So I gave him the opportunity of a, um, like a friendly kind of game without any kind of uh, permanent injuries or progression. It's just a, a kind of introductory game. Um, I was kicking to him. I elected to kick to him. Um, I think vamps are better on defence than they are on attack. Um, so I gave gave that a good crack. And to be honest, I was 2-0 up by the end of his drive. Um, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he did make, he made a couple of mistakes. Um but I mean, nothing that you wouldn't expect a newer player to make. So it wasn't like, like, and and he understood that he'd made them. You know, like when we were discussing it, because I, I tried to keep it as as loose a game as possible. Um, and then, um, like I hadn't lost many players. I think I'd only had one one KO at that point. Um, Animal Savagery had been a bit of a thing, but. What I've found with Animal Savagery versus Bloodlust is that you only re-roll the ones that you need to do stuff. Like it needs to be something important to re-roll stuff. So your your re-rolls are a bit more um, fluid. I think you you've got a bit more scope for them. Yep. Um, we we haven't discussed vampires yet, have we? No. Um, I don't want to go too in depth to them because I don't want a full on rookie coach there, uh, the team yeah. yet either. But um, but yeah, so I mean, I was oh, I was just going to ask, how many vampires did you have, or do you have on your league team? Just four, now? right? Four vamps and um, uh, eight thralls. Yeah, we won't go into it anymore because we will get to that in a, a rookie coaches section. And yeah, future. yeah. I mean, I mean, ultimately, yeah. I think it's uh, there's a few things I'd tweak about the team, and there's a few things I would consider maybe looking at differently. But at the same time, you know, I felt that was a good a good tester uh, to get in there because you don't even in level twenty sixteen you didn't go and further back you didn't go heavy on vamps. Um, mm-hmm. You didn't need them. Um, you need you need bodies more than anything else. Anyway, so like so I'm two 0 up. At that point, I've I flipped the game, so it's more of a kind of teaching game, not not in a kind of overly kind of uh, patronizing um, patronizing oh. way, but just kind of encouraging him to think about different things uh, through the game. Um, and I kind of engineered myself into a two-two draw uh, <laughs> in the end because my team felt a bit on my drive. You know <laughs> that that was when things started going wrong for me personally. Um, like I took off a couple of my own players. He cashed one of my vamps. It didn't regen. Um, and then I was playing it. So I, I think on the second one, um, I only had about six players on the pitch uh, to set up because uh, I'd failed a bunch of KOs and stuff like that as well. So yeah, I think when the team falls to bits, that's uh, that's when things uh, will bite you in the ass. What I would say, though, is if I'd have gone into that game 
thinking I was going to get a draw out of it, I probably would have been happy with a fresh vamp team getting a draw. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't too bad. 2-2. Two, two. Uh, there are a lot of... Well, there's two dwarf teams in our league, though, so I'm not looking forward to playing them much. Um, yeah, and they're in, the hands, they're in the hands of some pretty good players as well, aren't they? Well, they are, but both of those players... So, uh, Kilted Kiwi, who has guested on this uh, on this podcast, yep. uh, is, is n- now plays in our league. He moved up uh, our way uh, we, uh, just before Christmas. He has lost a game and drawn a game. Um, and uh, uh, Gordon Huntley Loon uh, is the other dwarf player and he drew his first game so um, I think yeah I think that both of their teams as they develop uh, and I know I know Big Dave's had very little Blood Bowl 2020 Um, in fact I think these first two games are probably his first two games very, 2020. Very likely, but, yeah. But yeah, I think he's a he's a good enough player to turn that around. Uh, but he lost to uh, Imperial Nobility in the first game and drew with Imperial Nobility in the second game. In fact, he drew with the guy I played. That was that was that uh, yeah. new guy's game. So yeah. So, so what other games have you managed to defend? So I've played two games online. Um. I played on Fumble. Um, I played, I joined the Snail Cup. Uh, Gav Wilshaw of uh, sort of Edinburgh, neck of the woods, uh, started up a, a, a mini league, uh, basically, that is one game a month. I think it's aimed more at folk like himself, who are parents who can't commit to a, a three game a, uh, games in a month or game a week or whatever uh, but mm-hmm. I thought just to get a bit more 2020 experience I would just sign up for that one because I can manage a game a month so I play. I actually ended up playing him in the first game uh, he's got lizards um, which obviously I'm quite comfortable playing as uh, so I'm aware how to play against and I run in Tomb Kings um, it, was a, it was a cracking game it was a, a really fun game and uh, I ran out 1-0 winner on that one um, picking up the ball in the last turn on my drive, um, uh, so turn sixteen of mine in the end zone on a four up. Uh, but I did spend most of the first half two Tomb Kings down, and mm-hmm. uh, thankful thankfully they came back. Not Tomb Kings, Tomb Guardians down. Um, they came back in the second half. If they hadn't come back in the second half, I'd have got rammed. Oh, yeah. Uh, but but yeah. Um, that was a good game. So that was 1-0. And I played the first game uh, of our practice sessions for our, uh, the UKTC team um, yep. today, actually. Um, I played against... Uh, so after yourself and Gordon had to drop out, um, I trolled the uh, little black book of uh, Blood Bowl sluts up here um, <laughs> and uh, selected uh, the Joker or Joe uh, who played on my UK TC team, TC team last time round, um, and uh, Callum, whose naf name is Shrike, uh, he won the Killy uh, Killy Bowl uh, back oh. end of last year. So those two guys uh, have joined myself and Hipster Potter, 
in the team two guys one dice cup uh, to try and see how we get on at UKTC. Uh, we so we're we're in the got some incredible go. players there, mate. As yeah, in, yeah, current, Joe, current experience. Yeah, Joe's a Joe's a really good player, um, and he knows the team he's playing inside out. Yep. We're kind of he his and Ross's teams are the only ones that we've kind of settled on. Really, I've got a couple of options, and Callum's got a couple of options. And it's really, you know, what it's like with team uh, team events. You have to kind of build your team around what works within that context. So you have yes. to kind of yes. think about what the teams that are already in your team. So yeah, I think um, uh, I was given Norse a run out in my game. Um, against uh, Callum's High Elves, and I won that one two one. Um, fair amount of removals for me um, on him um, in the end, uh, which kind of made the difference. I think more than anything else. Um, so yeah, that that was good. It was good to test them out. Um, they're on a list of about five teams that I could quite happily play in Blood Bowl 2020 and uh, fit a, a different niche uh, depending on what Callum ends up going with as well. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it was, it's been good. That's my gaming this month though. It's limited to that. How about yourself? Um, limited, but really productive. I, um, I, I'm, I would have mentioned obviously to the rookie coaches and listeners, um, Every sort of five weeks, I try and organise a, a casual bolt action meetup at Common Ground Games in Stirling, which is my friendly local gaming store. Uh, and I managed to arrange one uh, for a Sunday, and it happened, which is really, really good. And it was the first one of the year um, for us. And I think it's like the fourth one in total that we've done. And we got a bunch of new players. I think there's like three, three fresh players. Uh, a fourth player that had only had a handful of games. This he was coming to like his second meetup. And then there was um, three or four other experienced players. So I'd, I'd arranged a, a friendly intro type game. Um, you know, with a, a just a, one of my German lists, nice and balanced. Uh, just with one of the sort of players that was um, had played a couple of games. He was just sort of refreshing the rules, and I played three turns. And then I handed my army and the, the game over to one of the one of the newer players who just turned up, uh, so that he could experience the game. Because um, he didn't have the chance to bring any models with him. Uh, both the guys were called Daniel in the end. So one guy, I hope he's all right with it. He goes, "It's like you're Dan now, uh, and you're Daniel." So hopefully he didn't get upset by that. And then I had, I was sort of games mastering, managing. Uh, Two other intro players that were just playing each other for the first time or playing their first couple of games. Uh, so it was one of those, you know, situations where you have to sort of go around and be enthusiastic, uh, help them with rules. You know, instead of them spending ten minutes in the rule book trying to find it, just tell them what it is. Tell them whereabouts in the rule book they can go to and read up on it afterwards. Uh, just to keep the game flowing and the dice rolling. And the cool thing about the game was that they. Um, you know, and all the funny stuff happens. You know, you say something dumb like, you know, there was a medium howitzer that was firing indirectly, uh, and it, it needs a six to hit. 
and it was like turn five and i said to the guy at the shoot and it's like look mate you might as well take the shot because you know you're due a six lo and behold pow, six howls and laughter all over the place <laughs> stuff starts dying you know there's a if a howitzer hits a building um, it doesn't use a template you roll you know a number of d6s to determine how many hits and uh, i said to the guys like look can you get, get two d6 hits on the unit but if you roll 10 or more you just destroy the building and everything inside dies he spun the dice double sixes fucking yeah everybody's howling there's laughter and it was just a a really nice sort of wholesome experience to have new bolt action players arriving uh, and enjoying the game but this is the freaky thing they're all coming out of lockdown so uh the two new guys that turned up had fully painted armies <laughs> they were really nice Amazing. it was so good and the third guy that couldn't bring his stuff he's like oh i'm about you know two-thirds of the way through a horde army of japanese or something i'm like fucking you legends so new guys are turning up in our community uh with fully painted armies already it's it's really really good um so yeah i only got to play half a game but it was i just got that that good that good vibe feeling um so i've got another another meetup planned for i think it's march the 20th uh, and we've got guys signing up for games already so there's already like five games organized um, which is really which is really nice so it's good, good vibes no, that's really to. good like you said like having everybody turn up with uh, painted stuff after having the opportunity to actually paint things for the past yeah. uh, couple of years is great yeah. you know yeah it's mad nice like, thing to see and this is this is going to sound really odd and i hope hopefully not self-serving but one of the guys you know he'd um he'd done some extra self-isolation just for, for like family medical stuff so this was really him just the past couple of months coming out uh, back into the world and he said it's like oh mate when we were talking when we were arranging this game on facebook i didn't realize who you were i'm like what do you mean who i was like oh i've been listening to you on the different bolt action podcasts you pop up everywhere um you know there's the guy <laughs> in australia um brad morin who runs the, the um, podcast uh, cast dice um i've been on his podcast a few times there's a an English one called the Juggernauts podcast. I used to do, we used to do our own one in Scotland called Home Guard Radio. And he said that he just listened to them all because he'd been isolating and he just needed, you know, needed that um, sort of full action stimulus. So he's just like, yeah, it's just a bit, just a bit mental. You know, I've, I've been listening to you and now you're standing right there. And it's like, eh, yeah, freaky. Um, but internet was, famous. Internet famous. But it was just, it was nice that, you know, this guy's obviously consumed a lot of all action material and you know passionate about the game and it you know it reinvigorates myself to um you know not so much do more but just enjoy fully enjoy what it is that we're um we're actually doing so that was good i can't even remember if the germans won or lost and um, there was lots of laughs had so um and i'm sure at some point you know i'm gonna spend a lot more time with these guys so they might um, you know, we might end up traveling to different gaming events together. So no, it's it's cool. It's cool to expand the the friendship circle. So good times. Absolutely. Um, but in terms of okay. other gaming, uh, no. Oh, I, I know I might be going off on a weird tangent, but I can't remember how many episodes it was ago. 
I was um, uh, daydreaming over old PC games that I used to play back in like the late nineties, early two thousands, and I was. I've ever mentioned I like playing a game called Imperium Galactica Two. Uh, I can't I, remember. It's all planets and spaceships and shit. For some reason, maybe a week ago, um, I started. I was playing like some sort of top-down pirate strategy game, uh, and it took me like a week to find out what it was called. Tropical Two. Oh, uh, I, I, okay. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and download download that off Steam at some point in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> Random. Yep. What's on the gaming table? What you been playing? Um, Have you been productive? I might. Reasonably, yeah, yeah. I've got um the so I hadn't started the vampires last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they're about two thirds of the way through. What um, um, I was, what, what color scheme have you been cracking on with? Um, I've gone uh, yellow and black. Um, I, I didn't want to go down the old red and black route, um, and I quite fancied um, from old Warhammer Fantasy Battle uh, the uh, sort of uh, Bretonian uh, city of uh, or state of Musalon. Yeah, I probably butchered that name, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, it was uh, a hotbed for the vampire activity um so i decided i'd, I'd kind of use their color scheme uh, which is yellow and black um and it, it's coming along okay i'm reasonably happy with it they're at a point where they're playable at the moment but they need uh, to be finessed a little bit um i've got the skin on the vamps and the um thralls to like finish and then just highlights on the yellow and um uh, uh, the leather as well, and a bit on the black. But yeah, I'm I'm happy enough with the, where where I am with them. Um, I've also painted um, four fifths of um, Black Powder's Buccaneers um, Underworld's Warband. They look nice. Uh, that's the uh, I've painted the parrot, the monkey with the knife, monkey knife fight, and uh, the two noblars. Um, and I've I've just got the the ogre black powder himself to do. I just I've been using them as a bit of a kind of palate cleanser. Uh, after I've done a bit of stuff on the vamps, just crack through one of those guys, and I've managed to churn them out pretty quickly. But the thing I guess I think that's all the painting I've done in the last month. But I guess the thing I'm most proud of myself given a go uh, was. Uh, Making some old hammer shields for my old hammer project. Um, I a bit of sculpting on on the sh- on shields themselves. Yeah. Um you you should be proud of that work, mate. That is very really nice. Because I just kind of I you know how what it's like. You kind of want to kind of carry a, a theme through an army, but then the army that you're making is in some places 30, 20 to thirty years old. Uh, getting hold of she- plastic shields is a pain in the hoop uh, for anything other than a kidney uh, in, in any volume. So I thought, well, I wouldn't mind kind of getting something that was a bit uh, different. Uh, I had a couple of shields kicking about, and I, as you always do with this shit, uh, I'd mix some milliput and uh, green stuff and 
uh, realized that I'd overmixed the amount that I needed by about uh, 200%. <laughs> it's like you end up with like a handful of stuff. Yeah. You start sort of mixing it together, it just seems to expand, and you've got like twice as much. It's like your your eyes are bigger than your belly, sort of situation. Um, so no, I I, I had a bunch uh, sitting aside, and I just sat there and thought, you know, something. I I'll just give this a go. If it's shit, it's shit. Um, and I sculpted a fly onto the shield, um, because my old hammer army will be uh, chaos Nurgle uh, sort of themed one. Uh, that came out, I was really happy with that. And then I sort of thought, oh, maybe that's just a fluke. Um, and I left it for a while. And then I, had, I was in a similar circumstance, um, not this weekend, but the weekend before. So just over a week ago, uh, where I had a butt ton of uh, milliput and green stuff again. And then I thought, you know, I'll just try and sculpt a, sh- a skull onto the shield, onto another shield. So I did that. And it came out okay. It's got a pretty old school vibe. And then I also sculpted a Nurgle symbol on as well to a different one. So I've now I'm now sitting with three different designs. I think I probably need four or five to to work through the whole army. So I've got my thinking cap on with the other two. But um, I did some test um, casts using Milliput and green stuff in some uh, pressed silicon molds. Uh, and they've come out pretty good as well. So I think I'm going to give casting in uh, resin a go um, and see how they uh, they translate to that. Because that resin will be better for um, like actual use, I think, than the mm-hmm. milliput and green stuff. I, I've, I've, although adding green stuff to milliput makes it a little bit more flexible, uh, it's still prone to breaking more than uh, like a, a well cast resin is. So. Yeah, no, I'm pretty happy with them. Um, I'm just uh, interested to to kind of push myself on that side because I've never really done any scu- any sculpting other than kind of fire on things and um, the odd kind of bits and pieces here and there, uh, smoothing in areas. Um, it was a bit bit of a challenge, but happy to have uh, given it a bash. Yeah, it's, um, uh, it's something I've never really enjoyed sculpting yeah. beyond as you said a little bit of fur some extra armor um you know i've done lots of the sort of green stuff molding of symbols and stuff in the past so you know it's, yeah but it just I, I always found it tedious and time consuming and a little bit frustrating that once all that hard work goes in and it's painted if you've done it really well nobody fucking notices <laughs> yes yeah, especially if you're if you're kind of it's almost like you're continuing something. Mm-hmm. Like it's very obvious that it's just the same. Like you like if you're if you're sculpting fur over a join into more fur, you've got a reference point there. And like you say, once it's painted, like you can't tell if it's done well that, that it's even been done. So it is it's lost on the casual observer. You know, it's it's not a uh it's not an obvious thing. Um, yeah. No, it's an it's an interesting thing. I think I I would quite like to give actually sculpting an, a proper model a go at some point in my life. Um, but <laughs> I think I think that's quite a bit further down the line. Um, when I get more comfortable working with different types of material. Um, but yeah, another two another two or so of shield designs. 
um, and I'll I'll have probably enough to work through the whole army. How about yourself? What have you been painting this last month? I have been super fucking productive, mate, and I've been really enjoying the paintbrush. So I know at the end of last episode, best endeavours, I put myself forward to getting my um, like a twelve man full action militia squad finished for my Soviet yeah. army. Fuck me, I actually done it. I am ninety eight percent there. Uh, and 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 it's really odd that this is the first unit of a brand new army that's got like fifty models in it, um, maybe more. And it's probably the hardest one because they're, a, they're called a Soviet People's Militia Squad, so it's basically civilians with rifles. So they've all got okay. they've all, they're all dressed in you know civilian clothing from nineteen thirty nine, nineteen forty one, or whatever it is. So there's a mixture of male and female models, different types of hats, uh, aprons, trousers, jackets, shirts, little jerkins, um, fucking shawls, you know, workers' overalls. They're all different. So every model had to be painted as an individual. Uh, different coloured clothing. You know, they were. They're not an army uniform. They're not a Blood Bowl team uniform. You know, so. You know, I would pick a, I would pick a color, and then I would pick three random models. And you know, okay, your trousers are light brown. Okay, next model, your shirt can be light brown. Okay, next model, your hat can be light brown. And then just going through lots and lots of different colored materials. Um, you know, so that I was, you know, at least using some of the colors a couple of times. Uh, yeah. You know, so they were all. They were all coming out individual, so there's no batch painting, so to speak. Um, other than when I was painting their rifles, uh, so that, that was a huge level of enjoyment. And I'm looking at them right now; they're not on their bases, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts. I'm building the bases separately, um, and I'm going to paint them all in one batch. And then once the miniatures go on the base, then I'll have to sort of blend in the um, sort of weathering and dirt so that they'll match into the base, which is, you know, I'm looking forward to that, uh, to do that. But there came the point where I was obviously had to do the faces and um, like the brushes I, were, I was using were good. And then I, I looked over and I saw the the prize box that got the Artist Opus series brushes when it came to do the faces and I just said, you know what? It's like there's no point in this, you know, nice box of brushes sitting there not to get used. Fucking crack out the big guns. Uh, so I'm, I'm doing the eyes with the Artist Opus series small um, double zero. Yep. And you know, rookie coaches, coaches and listeners. Like I, I won the box set as a prize. Um, but now having experience using the brushes, I would happily pay like 50, 70 quid for the box set, whatever it was. Just the difference in the shape of the brush, the control of it, uh, how it holds the tip, holds the paint. It's like you can really tell, you know, this is a good fucking brush. More and, and the way I can really deliver it to you guys is the, the bolt action models are 28mm mil, millimeter, and I've got the whites of the eyes in 
And I felt that confident in the control of the brush that they've got coloured eyes. And then I've got the black iris in there as well. Nice. It's so like, you, like, do you use um, a magnifying glass? No, no, no naked all, eye, no. naked eye. So I, I think I think um, I, I kind of like agree that a good brush makes a massive difference there, especially if um, if you're using one that's got a decent belly in it uh, mm -hmm. to keep the uh, the stuff moist, either paint moist itself, yeah. moist, moist, moist. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think um, the artist office ones are really good. I, I mean, I've I've had them for um, a couple of years now. Um, I've kind of moved away from them to Broken Toad, um, mm. but um, I've I still use that. Like I've got four artist office brushes I use for various things, and I've got the dry brushes, which are great as well. The whole dry brush set is well worth having. Although I, I appreciate you can get makeup brushes and what have you. Like you know, it's like diff whatever whatever suits you fucking knock yourself out i'm not going to argue with folk about brushes uh, yeah <laughs> if you feel that it makes your um your painting experience better um more controlled and more enjoyable then that's the right paid brush for you guys to use so in my opinion so with that being said you know i actually got colored eyes on 28 millimeter models um, I am only going to be. Yeah, it's worth noting. Sorry, it's worth go. noting that they're they're not twenty eight millimeter heroic scale either. No, no, they are twenty eight millimeter. They're true historic. twenty eight mil yeah. uh, historical stuff. It's like the smaller twenty eight mil stuff. Yeah. Um, I, so yeah, that's that's really really good. I am setting myself up for disappointment that not one fucker will notice. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I'm just happy that I've managed to achieve it. And and it looks good. I think the next little thing I have to make sure that the uh, the light flare on the eyes. And if I can do that, then oh, my god, um, fucking brilliant. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've seen any photos of that that level of detail on your on your uh, the, the guys you're talking about, but I've seen the. Uh, the uniform painting and stuff like that, and and they do look really cool. Although there's, like you say, there's there's not really the continuity between the uh, the the group. Um, you've painted them really well. They look great. Yep, no, I'm super happy. Hey, alongside that, so the I know I've spoken maybe about the Soviet army, but there's almost like three blocks. There's the People's Militia, then there's the Naval Troops. And then there's the regular Soviet army units. Uh, I have been testing out how to do my naval units. Is the, you know, they were nicknamed the Black Death because their uniforms are predominantly black or a really sort of deep dark blue. And what I've managed to achieve is it's a black undercoat with a grey zenithal highlight and then uh, three, three washes of, um, what the fuck is it? So I'm looking at my table now. Oh shit, it's a blue ink somewhere. That's actually a saddle. It's um Dragonhof Nightshade. Uh, so that oh, yeah. that has that gives a deep enough blue, and then I can go in and do some um some highlights. It's almost I think I'm highlighting with some like it's a old school Space Wolf Grey type 
type paint, type color. And then the, the recesses and the folds in the cloth, I'm actually using the Citadel um, Black Templar contrast paint, watered down a little bit. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm using the contrast paints a lot more as washes now. Uh, yeah. As opposed to actually painting with them, which is just, I mean, anyway, you, know, you, you use the tools however you want them. Um, so I've done a couple of test models, so I'm really happy with that once my militia squad's off the table, I can make quick progress on my naval squads because they're all uniform. You know, it's got like 25 or 30 models to do in this, this scheme, so it should be really quite smooth to do. What else have I done? I've been really productive. Um, I got base coats done on all my Soviet vehicles. So it's like three armoured carriers, a jeep, a tank, and a truck. Uh, I did a whole bunch of other airbrush work for my Confederate bolt action army. And I, sh I showed you guys pictures. It was all masking tape, masking tape, masking tape. Yeah. Because the, the armour camouflage has got three, three different colours. And it's a sort of hand sand color, a gray color, and a light brown color. So they all have to be layered on. Um, so when I was pulling off masking tape, some, uh, you know, the one of the resin models, the undercoat hadn't stuck to the resin properly. So when I pulled it off, uh, I actually pulled every fucking layer of paint off. Oh, spewing. Um, but it was just on the cusp that I looked at it and I thought, right, that's, I'm sorry to say you're going to have a lot of battle damage on you. <laughs> um, so I should be able to save that. If not, it's not the end of the world. Um, and then on the side for actual Blood Bowl, uh, the Black Orc team that I'm painting, I have got all the all the Black Orcs and the, the bruisers, they're all, all their skin is done, highlighted, washed, etc. Uh, and the yellow for the armor is all blocked in. The leather is all blocked in, ready for highlighting. Uh, and then it's just detail work. So it's it's really forging ahead um, with that. So no, it's, it's been really cool. I'm, I'm really happy with my productivity levels. That's really good. Decent amount of stuff done there. Yeah. Yeah. The, the painting table is a fucking disaster, though, with so many colors. You know, the... The orc skin, it's like one, two, three, four, five. There's six pots out for the orc skin. There's 20 pots of paint going for the militia squad. You know, base colors and highlights. And uh, Anyway, as soon as the militia squad are done, I'm going to have to tidy everything back and then start again. Um, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I find myself in a similar situation from time to time. And I, what I do is I just uh, tidy all the paints away. Mm -hmm. um, if I've got a particular um, colour scheme that I want to make sure I remember, I'll write it down so I know exactly what ones I need. But I tidy everything off the desk again, colour-wise, um, and then just bring out stuff again when I need it. Yep. I find that helps sometimes with, uh, um, like, flow. You know, it's like a messy desk makes things a bit more um, challenging. Yep. sometimes but yeah i i mean everybody works in different ways again i guess so if that's the end of year on the table i guess we're looking at that uh dreaded section as to how much wedge we've both dropped on, uh, in the last month 
as well. Oh dear. Well, mate, I am continuing on my uh, frugal existence um, simply because uh, I expenditure in terms of travel to tournaments and accommodations is all um, sort of stacking up. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to take a take a guess, it's not a zero. I reckon, yeah, I reckon you spent twenty eight quid less. Hate you in your frugal ways. Um, fourteen. Uh, yep. Bang on the money. Fourteen pounds fifty. I bought. Would, uh, would you buy? I bought forty bases. Um, plus the postage. Uh, for basing my Brilliant. Soviet army, so I found this particular lipped, raised base from I think it's a Reaper. Reaper miniatures bases from some random hex supplier in the arse end of nowhere. Um, so yeah, I, I ordered forty, and and that's it. That's I'm I'm loving the restraint I've got at the moment, but um, yeah, it's. I think you're very much the opposite, though, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I I'm literally just. Um picking old hammer stuff up and as anybody who's ever done that right uh, would know that um it's not a cheap thing to do mm-hmm. um so yeah especially what i'm looking at at the moment um so yeah i've 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 spent quite a bit more than that yeah so i'm gonna throw the um, dice at 163 just a little bit more than that Hundred and seventy-one. A little bit more. Hundred and eighty-five. Less. So oh. I think. Uh, oh shit! Just drop stuff. Dropping stuff. Uh, One hundred and eighty-three. Okay, that's. I'm envious of you, but what? Um, what did you get for that? It has to be more exciting than twenty. Sorry, forty. Forty bases. So of the the modern stuff. Um, I bought the Black Powder's Buccaneers, so that 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 was this month. Um, I bought the um, uh, Blood Bowl Almanac, the Ooh. spikes, uh, and the, the the other new rules that are in that. Um, and then with the rest of it's been like old hammer stuff. I I think I've picked up ten. Chaos Dwarves, uh, the old Marauder Miniatures ones, so not the um, the big hat ones. Yep. Um, the kind of more classic kind of Chaos Warrior, uh, mini Chaos Warrior looking ones. Um, so I've got I've got a bunch of them. I got some um, Marauder Miniatures Beastmen as well. Mm-hmm. Um, about ten of them as well. And what was the other thing? I think there was a maybe something else. Two seconds, I can check. Trusty old eBay. Oh, eBay, you dirty cow. Filthy, filthy eBay. Um, it was a Chaos Warrior, uh, an old Citadel one. Um. So yeah, I, I think I've probably done done all right. I mean, the Chaos Dwarves just aren't cheap 
I don't think they were ever really made in significant numbers that mean that there's like loads of them out there. Uh, so they they aren't cheap. Um, the the B-Spen were a wee bit cheaper. Um, but yeah, I, I'm quite I, I'm happy enough with them. Like at the moment, I'm just because I can, I am. Uh, I won't always be able to spend this sort of money on things. Um, I'm sure. So that's exactly it, Phil. I mean, you look back at the year we had last year, and uh, my expenditure was fucking through the roof. Um, yeah, but that's because I wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> but, you know. Well, yeah. Literally locked down, and it's been my. Hotels, flights, uh, you know, fuel and stuff. So it's cool. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of uh, like I did fuck all last year or the year before either. So I mean I've I've had excess cash kicking about, and thankfully, like I know not everybody's been in the same situation with work and stuff like that. But like my work's actually been pretty steady, and um, I've worked all the way through, um, and um, so I'm in a good I'm in a good place and and very thankful for that mm-hmm. obviously. Um, so yeah, I mean I I've just taken advantage of it while I can. I've, it's not like I'm just chucking money down the drain. I obviously, save a decent amount of money as well um, as a family. But the yeah. but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to to buy things at the moment. I, I I'm looking at this as uh, although I would have preferred to be able to spend the money on the stuff when it was actually available. Because it was uh, significantly cheaper than back in those days, uh, I could never afford it at the time because I was a kid on pocket money uh, when all these things were coming out, and uh, even twenty quid was uh, was a lot to to have uh, for me back in those days. Uh, and I just saved up for several uh, months to get that. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm just in a good position where where I'm allowed to. I I feel like I can do it at the moment. Exactly. Um, I'm not I'm not far off finishing what I want to get for my uh, uh, Chaos Army either. I mean, I think ideally I'd like the rest of the Chaos Dwarves that are available. I think there's another 10 or so. Um, but after that, I, there's not really masses that are on my wants list. The odd, I wouldn't mind the odd Minotaur from the same era and Ogre as well. Um, but I could wait for them. So yeah, like it's just it's just fun. It's a fun thing to do. I, I'm liking it, and I'm looking forward to once I've kind of got a bit of time painting that army and uh, uh, making making some good memories for myself with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's time for rookie coaches, mate. I think it is. Have you have you put that printer together yet? Three D printer? No. It's yeah. As I said, lazy sod. No, but it's it's the it's really odd that it's the focus of hobby time 
is now sitting painting so much as and and the, I've got deadlines and we'll talk about the deadlines um you know after rookie coaches so I can't really afford the time away to play with a new toy it's, you know it's it's a Pandora's box I'm looking at it now and it literally is a Pandora's box as soon as I crack that thing open get it set up get resin test print something that's it's game over. I'll be turn I'll be trying to print out, you know, the Kingdoms of Mercia army. Um I've already been picking up a few um files for World War Two stuff. Um you know, so if, once that starts that will eat hobby time and, and my hobby time needs needs to be focused on painting. And as I said, we'll we'll champ it a bit about, about that after rookie coaches. Because I got interested to see if if I have a three D printer before you you set yours up. <laughs> Has, have you got one on the shopping list? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the the frozen Sonic Mini Eight K to be more readily available. I yep. think there's quite a lot of back orders on that. It's not. I don't think it's out yet, but um, I think that'll be me pushing the button on that um, when it comes out. I'll be um, I'll be very sad if you have yours set up and printing before I've got mine set up and I had it I had it like ten months before you. Yes, yeah, yeah, that that'd be hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, sorry to to uh, to kind of uh, move away from what we were talking about, but r- rookie coaches, rookie, yeah, rookie coaches. coaches can't see the woodies from the trees. Motherfucking rookie Ooh. coaches. All right, rookie coaches. So we are talking about wood elves. And uh, yes, we're going to see how far from grace they've fallen, or if they're still riding high. Um, Are wood elves still good elves? Oh, that's a catchphrase and a half. Um, it so, is. As always, I feel coaches, sad for coming up with it. So, as always, Ricky coaches. Uh, for those of um, we just joined us for the first time, uh, myself and Phil, we pick a team every episode to discuss. Uh, and we create two rosters, and we do them independently of each other. Uh, a league roster, uh, starting with one million gold, and then we do a tournament roster, and we base our tournament rosters off of whatever the current NAF Championships um, rules pack is, and currently that is going to be the NAF Champion... Oh, fuck, what year is it? 2022? 2022. Jesus. 2022, so yeah. Yep. So NAF Championships 2022. Uh, and for the NAF champs pack this time, it is a uh, 1.150 gold. Yep. And there's no tiers. Every team gets access to six uh, primary skills and one secondary skill. Yes. Uh, which is what well, we're going to find out how good or bad that is for the Wood Elves um, moving forward. Um. But, but but before we start that, the reminder is that myself and Phil, we never discuss our rosters with each other uh, until we get to the podcast so that we can have the live version of our reactions. Um, as some of our regular listeners will know, there's been some fucking howlers in the past. Um, <laughs> but the one thing we traditionally do, though, is we talk through the team itself and all its positionals. And I can't remember whose turn it is. It's definitely my turn. It's uh, my turn. 
hundred percent my turn. Right. Oh, okay. Rookie coaches so, are on page one hundred and twenty-eight of the rulebook. We are indeed uh, wood elf team. Um, zero to twelve wood elf lineman, seventy k. Move seven, strength three, edge two plus, passing four plus. Um, AV 8 plus, no skills, primary agility in general, secondary strength. Uh, 0 to 2 throwers, 95k, move 7, strength 3, edge 2 plus, passing 2 plus, AV 8 plus. They, ha- they come with pass and they have access on primary to agility, general and passing skills and secondary for strength. Uh, zero to four catchers, 90k. Eight uh, for movement, strength two, edge two plus, passing four plus, AV eight plus. They come with catch and dodge. Uh, primary access is agility in general, secondary is passing and strength. Then we have zero to two war dancers, 125k, movement eight, strength three. Agility 2 plus, passing 4 plus, AV 8 plus. Uh, they come with block, dodge, and leap. Um, and they have their primaries as agility and general, and secondary as passing and strength. And then 0 to 1, Lauren Forest Treeman uh, at 120k. Move 2, strength 6, AG 5 plus, passing 5 plus. Uh, armor value is 11 plus and they come with loner 4 plus mighty blow plus one stand firm strong arm take root thick skull throw teammate and primary of uh, strength and their secondary access is agility and general rerolls are 50k each and they are classed as tier one by games workshop and they have the special rule Elven Kingdoms League, and they have obviously got access to apothecaries as well. Love so, Al, well, uh, well, PV eleven hundred, well spoken. Yes. So, what's your TV eleven hundred team? Are we doing league? Yes, we always do league first. And that's TV a million. TV one million, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank God, mate. Fuck. <laughs> Is your roster wrong? <laughs> no, 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 my roster's right. My roster's right. I'm just, uh, I'm just tired of reading it wrong. Okay, <laughs> good, good, because that would be the first time our rookie coaches would have heard us fuck up. Um. Okay. Yes, so, it would have been the first time. Yep. So I, uh, as I said at the start of the show. I have played Wood Elves at League before, so sitting down to write a League roster under the new rule set, uh, I was looking forward to it, but then I remembered I hate Wood Elves. I sold my Wood Elf team because I hated them so much. <laughs> I just couldn't make them work. <laughs> and uh, rookie coaches, this, this was tough. This is tough. There was compromises all over the all over the board. Um, so I bought one war dancer, one thrower, two catchers, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven linemen, two rerolls, and that came in at nine hundred and ninety thousand. 
and that's fucking depressing. Yeah. That's 11 players, two re-rolls, and that's it. With 10 grand in the bank. What, yes. What about yours? What was your roster? So I went a little bit different. Um, I went with two war dancers, one catcher, eight linemen, and two re-rolls. And that comes in at a mill in the nose. That's that's good that you got the second dancer, but um, interesting. How many catchers did you say? You I looked at you. Just the one, just the one. Right. So how many positions um, all in have you got then? Uh, three. Two war dancers and a catcher. See, like my. Thought process behind it was right. I'm only going to have one strength two player early on. Mm-hmm. Um, I can protect one strength two player a little bit easier than I can two early on. Yep. Um, war dancers are still, I mean, they were always one of the best, if not the best, positional in the game, and they're still right up there. Although leaps not quite as good as it used to be um i think wood elves are uh war dancers are still pretty pretty solid so i i I fancied having two of them plus they're quite expensive so i thought if i didn't get them early on the chance of me buying them through a league would be uh, less yep um what? Yeah, I don't think this is a a difficult league team to put together. They were always difficult, even before. Yes. Um, because as soon as you start sustaining casualties, there's there's no real way back from it. You're you're yeah. you're permanently going to have, you know, two journeymen on a team, um, and that's me talking from my own true personal experience. <laughs> Uh, so it's, it's very frustrating for team development and for some reason Wood Elves, regardless of what position they're in, Wood Elves just really like to die Yeah, I mean obviously the armour 8 plus across the board um, doesn't really help um, but I mean I think so like, I really wanted to include the thrower because I think they are probably aside from maybe the maybe the Skaven thrower, which is uh, which is right up there as well. Mm-hmm. I think the the Wood Elf thrower is probably one of the best ones. That that was my, um, that was my reason, and also you know um, agility, general pass, primary skill access, uh, you know, and then they've got the passing two plus. I I couldn't not have one in the team. Uh, I think the, my problem with them is that they, they take it. It's going to take it a bit of time to hit the the sweet spot in the skills, unless you run the ball on the thrower, mm-hmm. um, and score with the thrower. Um, and I think they're quite pricey for for what they are as well. You know, I mean, when you're looking at what a catcher can do in terms of the speed and the fact that they're 
Um, they've got catch and dodge built in already. They're just one skill off being a blodger. Yeah. Yes, but I mean, strength to, you just have to avoid getting them hit. And um, that's that's why I've gone for two. That's why I've got two. Uh, you know, one war dancer, two catchers, one thrower. Um, I need to have, when I'm looking at this as a league team, I'm looking at uh, having multiple scoring threats from different styles of player. Because um, you know, you, you've got two war dancers and a thrower, yeah? Mm-hmm. yeah so your dancers are your bolt, are your, are your, um, they're your scoring pieces, yeah? Sorry, sorry no, I've got two uh, war dancers and a catcher. And one catcher, right. Yeah, so but, early on, I'd want the cat, definitely want the catcher to be doing uh, some scoring, but I would also be wanting to get the war dancers up. So it'd be... Spreading that across the three, I'd hope. Like your teams, your team's definitely a little bit more flexible mm-hmm. because you've got the option of passing and running a, a legitimate passing game. You've got a pass reroll. You're passing on a quick pass and a two up. Uh, you're catching with a catch reroll on a two up. Um, if that pass is fine, so you you've got that, but you've also got the two up handoff as well. That's, so there is the flexibility of that, but that's how I see the team is the the thrower yeah. feeding the catchers the ball, um, and then they're just having to try and use their skills to stand up, and having the one war dancer run interference for them, and and whatever you know, whatever I can muster from the lineman. Um, this is probably a good opportunity to. To talk about that team development that we go through, you know, if it's a if it's a, a league, yes. if it's a league of five or six games that you're going to get to play, what you know, what are you trying to get onto your onto your players skill wise? I'm happy for you. To... Before we do that, what what are you thinking about in purchases um, during those first five early on early games? I'm I'm nailing an apothecary as my first part. Yeah, that. That's that's on for me, you know. Like the first thing I want to be picking up is an apple. Yep. Um, I've got ten. Like if I've got yeah, ten grand in the. Bank, you're gonna get to that pretty quickly. I would expect. To I would, the first to be game. honest. Yeah, I I'd consider putting that ten grand into um, what you might call it. Dedicated um, yes. Yeah, yes. I thought about um, it. I thought about it. And then. Because you'll pick up the apple reasonably quickly, I think. Um, I think I would probably after the apple. I think I would. I would hope I'd get enough money fairly soon to get a thrower uh, or another catcher, and hope that none none of my positionals that I've got died in the meantime. I'm not worried about linemen. Like like you said, you're going to end up with at least a couple of journeymen each game, probably. Yeah. yeah. The chances of you running a twelve-player team. Unless you get really lucky uh, or don't have a lot of tackle in a league, are very very slim. No, because you've got to, you've got to apply some sort of um, TV management to it as well. Yeah, and, and in, a, in, a perfect, so, in a perfect world, if you, you know, for the rookie coaches listening, if you do save up enough money to buy a position, albeit um, for myself, 
I'd be doing the long slog to get my second war dancer. I would want one of my yeah. opponents to kill a lineman so that my roster is still 11, 11 men. Yeah. I think I would I would hope that I wouldn't be because I think once you've got the thrower like or the war dancer so it's, it's going to take you longer to save up 125k than it'll take me to save up 95. Um, I mean, that that depends on how on, how, on, pa- on paper. On paper, yeah. I mean, it depends how the results roll out, you know, for that sort yeah. of thing. But um, um, as far as skills go, though, like sorry, what I'd go back for though is you. So you, yeah, you've got your two war dancers and your catcher. Mm-hmm. You're looking to buy the thrower. Would you be looking to buy any other positionals? Um, it would really depend on on how the the games went. Um, like I said, I, it would it'd be a toss up as to whether I bought a thrower or another catcher. Um, it depend depend what I I need. I felt I needed or worked around the type of ga- uh, teams I was playing against. Like I think early on, I would probably be ha- happier running this Wood Elf team as a a running team as opposed to a passing team. Uh, but they are legitimately one of the teams that you can still run a passing game on. Even worst case scenario, you're passing on a four up. So that's a fifty fifty. Um so you have to think I mean that that, that will happen at some point. Yeah. Um it'll come off for you. But yeah, I I, I think I think I would be happier with a a thrower, because I think at some point if we're looking at progression further down the line after it had got a couple of other skills, I'd be looking to get leader onto that guy mm-hmm. um, to give me the extra reroll. But anyway, anyway, yeah, I think uh, it would be a toss-up. I think I'd, I'd have to think pretty hard about whether I wanted a catcher or a thrower as the first buy of a player. Yep. You see, for me, that's where I don't have to worry about that choice. I just want the dancer. And then once I've got the board dancer, I would hope be happy with two dancers, one thrower, two catchers. That should be enough to operate the team. Yeah. Um, but in, yeah. in terms of skills, uh, if I was able to develop the two catchers, they both get blocked. It, it sounds so boring, but two blodgers is what I feel is required um, to make sure they stay on their feet. At a pinch, and I'm talking very, very pinchy. Uh, I might give one sidestep instead. That's, that again, that depends on the depends on the teams in your league. Um, I would be, I would be safer having block on both of them. If for some mystical reason a lineman managed to get a skill, actually, oh, you wouldn't random skill any of these, would you? No, not no. hope in hell. No, it's all, it's all I mean, planned development. I mean, you, you could consider doing it with the linemen, but bear in mind, you're probably going to lose them pretty quickly. Um, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I mean, if you did random skill them and you went down the random agility route, I think that might be okay. Yeah. Um, but I think you're going to end up with shit skills. 
um, and hope that they're dying the next time round. <laughs> yeah, you're no. It's 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 all planned development. Rookie coaches do not listen to our um our dribbling on this one. It's all planned development. Uh, I'd be looking to get an elf lineman uh, wrestle. Is always a good yeah. a good skill to have, and then if another one managed to skill up, uh, they would get kicked to deliver some sort of ball control on the kickoff. That's what I'd be hunting for. Um, on the thrower, I really struggled, and I was thinking about the thrower because uh, he's got a decent chance of getting a skill reasonably early on, and. From the rookie coaches, I remember back to previous um, team chats I've had. I like having three re rolls, so I would have to give him leader to get me the third re roll. Yeah, I I don't think I would choose leader as the first skill. I I know you wouldn't. Um, but for me. Playing to playing mm. playing to how I like to play, I would need that. I would really want to have that third reroll sitting there for use. Yeah, I mean, Wood Elves are definitely a team that uh, benefit from having the the, the rerolls. Uh, but as as you grow through your team and your team develops, the things that you're going to be doing, which are repositioning, um, picking up the ball, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you're probably going to have um, some rerolls for anyway, uh, built in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sure you've said this. These part of development. These, I'm sure you've said these very same words to myself in the past, but I mind. Yeah, I, I, to- I totally get. Yeah. I totally get why, uh, where you're coming from with it. Um, what about the dancers? What, what, what uh, did you put in there? This is where I struggled again. Um, I think I'm trying to see outside the box or see the matrix in some weird twisted form. But you're always looking at tackle or strip ball. Um, Mm -hmm. But you know what? For the life of me, I would save up for a secondary. I would do it. I would do a planned secondary and get mighty blow and just start fucking hitting people. I think if there was ever any player that is likely to get a decent amount of star player points that would allow you to generate that early on, that is probably one of them. Yep. Yeah. That's that's definitely a consideration for, uh, I think, um, is one you'd have to think about, especially if you've got teams in your league that have got reasonably high armour, because anything that you can get to sort of increase the likelihood of you taking somebody off. Yeah. Is going to be a benefit. Yeah, that's uh, for sure. That's, but in, in league development, you know, already has block and dodge, leap. Okay, not as great as it used to be, but still a good skill. Um, you know, stat lines for the dancer are brilliant. Um, I would want an attacking piece, a proper attacking piece, and mighty blow um, would give that. Uh, and you, you don't have to, you know roll a lucky set of dice to get it now, you can actually, you know, work hard, save, it. save the points and spend it. And so that's what I would go for. Get Mighty Blow on it. 
And then when the second war dancer came along, um, well, look, that the development of that player would be the next league. Um, but I think that covers the the skills that I would go for. So war dancer, yeah. save mighty blow, uh, thrower, leader, um, block on both the catchers to make them block dodge catch, and then the two two good utility skills for the lineman, um, being wrestle and uh, kick. Not adventurous, yeah. but again, I um, and I think you might have said it already. I don't think the Wood Elves are a good league team currently. I don't think they've got the. No, I think I think they would struggle, unless it was a a very elf heavy league or or what have you. I think they would probably struggle a little bit in most league setups early on. Early on, if you can survive, if you can survive past your first season and get some good progression on your team, I think they would come good mm-hmm. eventually. But you would need to have a good. You'd need to have a good uh, redraft um, and hit the ground running again early on in the sec- second season. And as as far as skills go for myself, uh, sorry, were you ready to no, say No, I was there? just going to dribble yet. Cool. Um, as far as uh, skills go for myself, uh, war dancers, I was pretty similar to yourself, and it really depended on what I was playing against as to how I stacked it up, but. I think I totally agree with you on saving up for Mighty Blow um, on one of them. And I think if I had a team, a league where there was higher AV pieces in or a majority of higher AV pieces, um, I think I would probably go down that route first. If I was in a team with lower AV pieces, I think I would probably take Tackle first. Um, If there was a decent amount of dodge as well, but if there wasn't, then I would just take uh, uh, Mighty Blow still. But I would be looking to make that guy Mighty Blow tackle and then possibly sidestep if got far, much further down the line. I think the second dancer would go would get strip ball as a first skill. Um, and I would then take tackle if I got on to the next one. Yeah, and, and they're, um, they're all the other skills I would think of. They're all good. Yeah, further down the line, yeah. of course. Um, catchers, I, I think I agree with you. I, I would probably go block on the one I have. When I bought the second one, I think I would take wrestle because um, they've got to cover a lot more ground um, and they don't suffer from the same. Uh, well, they don't have as they've got a further reach than uh, than a, a lineman, although they're two dice um, uphill on most uh, average strength players um, you should be able to reposition a player to get a single dice in most cases yeah. and you would have the problem I've, a good chance of knocking somebody over with wrestling. Problem, uh, the problem I've got with wrestle on the catchers and on the war dancer because I know some people have taken on the war dancer in the past yeah, sure. As, as soon as you're on the ground, you're going to get fouled. Doesn't matter what team you're playing against, they'll fucking try it. Um, and especially in the new, the new way that guard provides the assist. Yes. They will, yeah. They will uh, get fucking pumped on the ground. Um, so I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't do that. 
yeah, that's a concern. That is a concern. Um, but um, I would, I would value. Oh, sorry, I would set that up so that I knew I was getting value out of it if he went down. Mm-hmm. Um, it would it would be more of a sweeper piece. So at that point, we're looking for potato plays or what have you, or looking for a an entrance through or creating an entrance through somewhere to score. So if I'm knocking the ball out of their hands, they're not necessarily the first reaction is probably not going to be to foul me. They're going to want to recover the ball. Um, and if they don't have the ball, I might get fouled, but they're just going to be wanting to try and get the ball back. Yeah. So I, I, can, I can see. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, last thing I want is AV eight plus players lying on the ground. Um, Especially one that's a little bit more expensive than a lineman, uh, but yeah, I think that, and and that's why I said I, I definitely wouldn't go for it on the first catcher. I've only got one catcher anyway at the moment. Yeah. Um. So I, I think a block would be my first choice. Uh. But I think giving them wrestle and then progressing into tackle and maybe even strip ball themselves gives you a good range of stuff you can do with it. Um. Um. Thrower. I think I'd go dodge first because mm-hmm. um, you're going to want to repo your guy in, into better positions more often than not and you don't want to be burning re-rolls on that inevitable one-up. Uh, sorry, one. Yeah. Um, I, I, I get the leader thing though because that gives you the third re-roll and you can use it for more stuff. Um, but it also makes that guy a big target. If he wasn't one already, um, I'd definitely get leader further down the line. Whether I got leader next or block next would depend very much on the league. I think. As as far as linemen go, pretty much the same as you. I would probably go down the dodge route first because I'm gonna want I'm wanting to remain away away from people and uh, uh, reduce contact. Like I'm aiming as a wood elf team or an elf team in general. I the best case scenario for me is the opposition is only getting to hit one player of mine each turn with a blitz. Yeah. I'm not leaving people tied up most of the time. There will be certain circumstances where I, where I will do that if need be. Uh, depending on the the team I'm playing against, that might even happen as well. Uh, but. For the most part, I, I'm low contact with Wood Elves. I want to keep them distance, and I want to be able to reposition them easier. I think dodge helps with that. And I think I would have to think hard about whether I would take wrestle or block on them. I think wrestle is more infuriating for people with block uh, because it you can you've got that extra range of movement than your average player on the lineman so you can get back up your turn and, and wander off. Um, but block's useful as well. Having a team with, with that's blodge heavy is useful. Yep. I'm kind of, I kind of feel like if you were really lucky and ended up with a 12 player team or, a, or what have you, and you were sustaining a 12 player team, it might even be worth having a sneaky git mm, uh, lineman. Nah, thank you. Because Sneaky Git is very, very reliable. 
with the way it works now. And the fact that you don't have to stand next to the player either mm-hmm. means you can just wander off. And the chances of you getting sent off are fairly slim. Uh, but I think that would be an outlier. I don't think I would go down that route. I think I would probably I would probably be more inclined to get dodge mass spammed across any linemen that uh that were still alive. Um yeah. Yep. Yep. The sneaky get thing. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I watched it in a fumble match. I watched sneaky get on an Amazon team tear through a dwarf team. Yeah. With uh, well placed guards. Yep. Um, but that's, dwarf player was down to about nine nine players at one point. That's that's the thing though with the Amazons you mentioned. They've got ready access to guard in terms of how yes. they can develop their team yes. and, the, and they can build it. Whereas you know guard and a body off team is just not going to happen. You're just not going to you're not going to go down that route. No, and that's one of the um, reasons. You'd have to be very much more selective about what what your fouling technique yeah. was uh, if you were using that yeah. everybody else team for sure. And I think, you know, this is we always gear it towards rookie coaches. And I think what your that, that technique is a not an advanced play, but it's an advanced train of thought. You know how to pick yes. the right place. It's not it's not like a no brainer action. You know, and not to disrespect the rookie coaches that listen. But I think it's something that's very niche. Is that the right? Yeah, that's the right word. Yeah, absolutely. I think you would be uh, looking at, um, you would need to be hot on your positioning and uh, know where your potential failure was next turn Mm -hmm. um, to decide that you were going down that route, for sure. Um, I don't think it's, uh, it's not one I would would recommend, but I'd be interested to, to see how it panned out. Yeah, um, and if and if any, I'd, I'd be inclined to watch everything. But that's that's you getting lots of star player points and you know, buying the sky stuff. I think we've covered you know, some good, some good core stuff there for the league. Um, but I think our our yeah. overall opinion though, Wood Elves league, very hard. Yeah, they're not they're not easy mode at all anymore. I mean, they weren't they weren't ever really easy mode mm-hmm. uh, for a new player. They weren't new player friendly, um, or or as forgiving as maybe dark elves were anyway, mm-hmm. uh, as far as elves go. Uh, but uh, they're they're very much so not user friendly anymore. Yeah, I think at all. I think rookie coaches, if um, in terms of league play, stay away from the woodies. They're they're not. Uh, we're not going to deliver you a, a fun gaming experience because once they casually start racking up, it can be really, uh, can be a real grind. You know, setting them up. You know, however often your your league to, uh, your league meetings are, and I can assure you, I have sat in that chair, and I've sat down with um, you know, seven of my actual rostered players and four linemen and two rerolls, and it is fucking shit. Yeah, I mean, I I remember back to the game I had against Gordon, uh, w- the first game of the season, and 
he was running Wood Elves, brand new Wood Elf team, and I, he came up against me playing Dwarves. And I murdered his team first game of the season. And he's a good player, you know, like, but I mean, I just deleted like three or four players in the first two turns. Um, yeah. yeah. Not cool. An, un, an unforgiving, an unforgiving experience for, for new players, I think. Yeah. But how about tournament wise? Tournament wise, then? okay. So with a little bit more gold um, being splashed around, I uh, so I went and purchased myself two war dancers, two mm-hmm. two catchers, one thrower, mm-hmm. and six elves, six line elves. For mm-hmm. eleven players, I picked up three rerolls and one apothecary, and that landed in at one one four five. Yep, loved it. You may be unsurprised to to find out that I've gone exactly the Yay. same way. Fucking right on, Phil. Well done. Good shit. Yes, I think that's one of the first times that we've actually been. Exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. it's a. It just. It'll be interesting to see if our skill choices are exactly the well, same. Well, we've, we've hinted at it. Um, you know, I'll happily roll my skills off. So just to remind the rookie coaches, the NAF Championship, you get six primary skills and one secondary skill uh, to spread around your team. So unsurprisingly, uh, one of the war dancers is getting mighty blow. The second war dancer, uh, I'm going to give tackle. I've got two Wood Elf catchers. They're both getting block. Uh, the Wood Elf thrower. Uh, I've given sure hands. And then two linemen. One gets kick, one gets wrestle. And I mentioned both of them in my uh, league rosters. And they're, they're still good utility skills for, for tournament play. Yeah. Phil? I've, I've, I've got different... I think yours is better than mine with a couple of tweaks, though. Okay, well, what's, what's um, yours? So I haven't bothered with Mighty Blow in this instance. Um, I thought Tackle and Strip Ball were probably better mm-hmm. on the War Dancers because um, a lot of teams don't have access to or can make use of sure hands still uh, with tournament rosters. Um so I thought strip ball was kind of useful. Um, I went with wrestle on one catcher and block on another for the reasons I mentioned earlier yep. on. Um, I went with dodge on the thrower yeah. for the reasons I, I mentioned earlier on. Uh, I went with uh, dodge on, sorry, block on a lineman and guard on, on the other one. Oh, you actually used now, the double for guard. Ooh. Yes, so that's where I think I would probably not. Uh, I would probably change. I think I would probably change the guard out for, uh, and either make those two linemen both dodge or both block. So, so you, um, you wouldn't use your secondary skill choice. No, I mean there are some times where the secondary skill choice isn't really necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some teams where it doesn't really actually benefit them significantly. No, no, I, understand. I would consider, I would consider 
mighty blow. You know, like I don't think you're going to see as many edge teams at the moment in the current meta at tournaments. Might might be wrong. Spe- specifically at the NAF Championships, you might still see a, a decent amount of NAF. Uh, sorry, do- uh, edge teams uh, with dodge. So you could possibly drop tackle um, for mighty blow. Mm-hmm. Um, or strip ball and go mighty blow there. So yeah, I mean there there are options. I don't like sure hands on the thrower. Okay. That's the only thing I would completely disagree with on the uh, on on your choice. I don't see the point. Um, Just for me, I don't think you. I don't think you're going to come up against a lot of strip ball, and you've already, you've got the three rerolls. Um. I think if you pick up, if you can't pick a ball up with three rerolls within the first attempt or second attempt, you're having a really, really bad game. Sure. And sure hands isn't really going to help you much. <laughs> well, for me, um, it might save your uh, rerolls for other things, well, but yeah, I think you're you're going to be fucked. That's my thinking. There is that it's the protection of the ball because I. I um I believe there'll be quite a lot of tackle out there. And obviously when Shu has to protect I think, that I think you're probably right. Yeah. And it's to protect that ball. I think you're probably right on the tackle. Um yeah, the, as yeah, yeah. Lot, there'll be a lot of tackle out there. Need some protection for it, but I just I like that um when you're looking at the series of dice rolls to do a handoff or a pass or something, you know, when when you're starting with the ball on the ground, I want there to be at least, you know, a, a good built-in reroll there at the start, because there's nothing worse than yep. pick up the ball on a two plus, oh, one, oh well, fuck, that's it. Just shits me, shits me up the up the wall. Um, so sure hands is a is a protection. It's it's a it's a built-in reroll, you know. Okay, granted, hopefully I only ever pick up the ball, you know, two or three times in a game. And that's all I'll need to do it. But it's, you know, there's maybe that's it's my mentality. But I like to have sure yeah. hands on a team for that purpose. I, I, I think you'll get. I even think. Oh, I was sorry. thinking back to when I was running Chaos Dwarfs a lot, and I'm sure one of the Bull Centaurs had sure hands. I can understand that because they're picking up on a, a four up. Yeah. And although you've got rerolls for them, like it makes a bit of difference uh getting that reroll nailed in for that when you're when you've got such poor uh, agility. Mm-hmm. But your agility two plus here, like the way I the way I see it is um that will only matter that pickup maybe once twice at a push in a game precisely but as i said two or three times you, yeah. yeah but yeah but dodge will probably i mean you're, you are going to come up against some tackle teams but it's not going to be tackle across the board you will play maybe play a couple of dwarf teams chaos dwarf team but most other teams can only generally afford one tackle player if that, so dodge will make a massive amount of difference to you on much more occasions as a defensive skill yep. 
but also as a repositioning skill. You could use dodge two or three times in the space of two turns, your your turn, your opponent's turn. Each each turn, each round. Uh, so you, you get better value for money out of dodge over the course of a, a full game than you would out of sure hands. I think if I was running two re-rolls, yes, I, I, I'd maybe consider sure hands. How um, nice was it though? But three. How nice was it though to be able to buy that third reroll? Yes, yeah, yeah. They this, they would definitely need. I mean, I would consider if 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 the difference was between buying a third reroll and a player, I would buy a player. Oh well, yeah, and but because because you can't like the third reroll makes much more sense. I mean, you've got the apple for the war dancers, precisely, which are the ones. Yeah, but I mean. Um. Yeah, you can't. You can't easily without dropping to one reroll, um, and then taking leader on the thrower. Um, you can't make that a twelve-player team. No, no, no. I, I am not easily. I mean, or dropping war dancers or what have you. I'm yeah. really happy with Wood Elf uh, tournament roster under the NAF Championship rules. It's nice. Yeah, I think they've still got a reasonable chance at, uh, at uh, under those rules without uh, star players and having access to six, well, seven skills. I think that, that a Wood Elf team's yeah. fine. And and that brings us under those circumstances. That brings us to that natural point in the discussion where we have to rate them out of ten. Uh, no, it's not. We don't do that first. We talk about their star player access. Uh, Which is a bit of a, bit of a shame. Yeah, I mean, let, let's let's let, let's talk about a couple of things first. So, tree man, yep. not a fucking chance. <laughs> nope. Why the fuck would you put a uh, take a tree nope. man? Like, I just don't get it anymore. There was a small argument for taking a tree man um, previously, mm-hmm. um, because they they can hold up teams, uh, but there's, everything else has got more expensive, and you're cutting so much more to get the tree man in there. Don't see the point anymore. And neither of um, us even would have thought about it. No, it didn't even cross my mind nope. uh, to try and squeeze it into the tournament nope. team. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't the other thing the... was... No, I mean, that's it. Yeah, it's just... Uh, it's just There's no real kind of... Yeah, I. it might bring more removals... But more often than not, it's going to root, and you're not going to um, waste a reroll, reroll in a uh, a take root. And if it gets knocked down, that thing's not getting back up again because uh, you don't have the benefit of um, uh, timber uh, like you do on the um, halfling teams. Um, so yeah, I'm, I just don't, I don't see any point in taking the. The tree man at all. Um, as far as star players go, you're unless you get some sort of random rule set for, um, what do you call it? Uh, for a tournament um, where you've got X amount of money more, you're probably never going to be able to squeeze a, a ju- justify squeezing a star player into a tournament team. No, never. 
because you don't get the I mean Jordell's gone at the moment, so the better uh, or additional war dancer uh, is no is no longer available. Um, I did have a look through the star players, so like there are circumstances where you could possibly end up with a star player as inducements. So say you lost a skilled up war dancer um, for a game, which is a high possibility. Uh, you, you've got you've probably got options in there. And I think Eldril's probably right up there at 230k still. I know he's got a bit more expensive. Mm. You've got. I was always a fan of um, Gloriel Summerbloom. Yeah, she's she's good. Like if you've got if you've only got 150, but you'd have to think if you've still got your your two war dancers and you've got 150k to spend. Of course. Uh, w- would you just not take a yep. wizard? Because um, the like, like they do, you pop the ball's still pretty high, and then recovering it's pretty good. Um, I think so, but I think she's she's good as a star player goes. But I don't know if she offers enough. She offers more, I think, to some of the uh, uh, the other elf elf teams. Um, who else have we got? Graken Crumbly, no. not interested. Helmet Wolf, oh. no. If you and it's nice to be able to take a chainsaw on a on a Wood Elf <laughs> team, but again, like 140k, like I'm sure two babe uh, Bloodweiser kegs, and uh, spending one on an assistant coach and a, a cheerleader um, would probably be better value than spending 140k on a chainsaw. Or even um, one on the Yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, who else have we got? Who else have we got? Roxana Darknail. Two seventy is quite expensive, but she does offer a fair bit of extra uh, razzmatazz. The 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 leap on the AG one plus is a better chance of coming off than your uh, your war dancers. Although you can use a war da- uh, the reroll on your war dancer. Yeah. Easier. Let's face it. If you've got two hundred and seventy thousand in inducements, and divvy up that cash better, as you said, um, you know, you get more more points so, yeah. or more more kit. You know, you could take L'Oreal Summer Bloom. Okay, one hundred and fifty. That leaves you with what? One hundred and twenty grand left. One hundred and twenty. Um, you know, so that's a, a wizard plus a couple of other tag on things. Um, if you've got extra inducements on top or extra cash, yeah. Kind of and, and, and it, I guess it depends um, on what your what's left of your team and who you're against and what you need to win that game. Yeah, I think the the kick for the kicking option for me in terms of uh, of star players that I think is good value for money is the Swift Twins. Um, they're three hundred and forty k, so it's a, a lot of wedge to yeah. drop. Uh, but you've got like a, a ridiculously good thrower and a, a pretty damn good uh, supplementary blitzer in amongst all mm. of that. Um, and then their special rule is that if one of them gets KO'd or casualty, the other one loses their loner skill. Well, no, sorry. The loner skill goes to 2 plus rather than 4 plus. It doesn't lose it anymore. Uh, but then again, though, you're 340k for that, 
would I not rather have Morgan Thorg at 306? Uh, what would he gone up to? 360? Yep. Can't remember what the FAQ changed into. You're only 20k difference there. If I had an extra 20k, I would take Morg. Morg on a, a Wood Elf team would be ridiculous with that mighty blow plus two. Yep. And the extra strength. Like the, like I don't I don't think this is going to be a team that you're going to be churning out loads of star player usage on unless you are down players, um, like really good players. Um, oh, the other thing I've, I, I I was meaning to mention was was kick. So like I, I had a discussion with somebody about, about mm-hmm. kick. I don't think kicks as good as it used to be. Um, for the following reason, um. It used to be significantly better playing when you were playing for a blitz, like the hope of getting a blitz. Um, kick was invaluable at that point because you could effectively get, you could swamp the ball easier or screen off the, uh, the 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 ball the ball from the rest of the team easier. Um, now that you can't move as many players with blitz. And it's less reliable. True, yeah. That's one avenue where it's just kind of, it's less less of a thing. So even if you get your uh, D three plus one or whatever it is for a blitz, say you get four players through, that's not enough to really make a difference there. Even if you catch the ball, I think you're probably still going to be in a bit of bother the next turn. Um. It's still got mileage for kicking deep and uh, hoping that somebody fails the pickup or what have you. Or, um, or but I think um, blitz being less good has made kick uh, less attractive. That's clear call. Clear call. Um, so I don't know if I would prioritise it as much as I uh, as I would previously. I mean, there's still value in it. It's not a bad skill. Um, um, and it's worth having us, I think, on a alignment at some point, maybe. Well, um, I'm not sure I would take it in a tournament. Well, you've already heard I would, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had forgot I meant to mention that when we were talking about skills. Oh, okay. Okay, so. Ability. Have you got anything oh, just... further to add on the star nope. players? Nope. Nothing, nothing that really stands mm-hmm. out. Um, yeah. Ability to win a tournament, though. Well, ability to win the NAF yeah. championships. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to nail on an 8 out of 10. Yeah. I think... I think a 7 or an 8 as well would probably be realistic they're gonna there's gonna be at least one wood elf team floating about the top tables i think at NAF championships if you switch that out to a different rule set where there's more star player access and um differing tiering so say wood elves drop down to having five skills and certain other teams have got seven or eight i think that changes completely 
and it drops down to probably about a six. Well, that's that's what you're seeing out there at the moment. And um, as we were talking, the Las Vegas Open concluded what a week ago, and they had. I don't know if it was that recent. Oh, yeah, yeah, two weeks. Um, And they had what around forty players. Yep. And there was one Wood Elf team in it. One Wood Elf team in the whole the whole thing. I don't think there was any other Elf teams at all. It wasn't actually. Yes, but that is a hundred percent down to people not trying it. <laughs> people are people have people have bought into the hype of oh you can't pass now or you can't do this now. That's bullshit. People just need to give I... it a shot. The more people do it, the more people will learn how to, to adapt that play style. It'll come back. Believe me, it'll come I back. Knew, I, it's like edge teams are not I knew over. this would trigger you. I knew that would trigger you. And I'm glad it did. Because <laughs> we've both rated we've both rated yeah. the Wood Elf team, you know, eight, you know, one or seven, depending on, on, on your mood. What we're looking at now though, and the rookie coaches will hopefully appreciate this also, is that the NAF championships is um, a couple of months away. Uh, yeah, it's uh, back end of uh, back end of April, start right, of May. So we're maybe we're three episodes away from it. Is that true to say? Uh, two, three, three including this uh, one. Two, isn't it? Uh, no, two including this one, isn't it? Five, no, uh, two, two, three including this one. one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. If we manage to get a figure out, well. else, yeah. The great thing we're going to get to see is, uh, and I think we can just declare the rookie coaches sections over now. Myself and you know we're going to talk shit for maybe ten minutes or so, depending on you know how much more I can drink. But <laughs> we're now looking at we've we've come up with a whole bunch of rosters for different different races. We're actually going to get to see how they pan out at the NAF Championships. Those races, I mean, obviously. If there are any players out there who are going to take one of myself or Phil's rosters to the NAF Championships, you need to get in contact with us eh, because you're going to be there, Phil, aren't you? Yes. So rookie coaches or coaches in general, if any of you are planning to take a two guys, one dice cup roster to the NAF Championships, you need to send us a message eh, ahead of time and arrange to speak to Phil on the day and tell, and tell us what you're thinking and how you're going. <laughs> um, it'd be really great to hear from you live. If nobody's taking our rosters, that's fine. It hurts a little bit, but it's fine. Um, but it is going to be interesting to see, at least how I'm looking at it, how, how the races fare compared to how we've rated them. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like I, I I've still not decided what I'm taking yep. yet. Uh but um I think flicking back through some of the ones that we've done. Um I think I could probably get um well, that's a that's a get something workable. Sprung to mind. If you don't even take one of your own rosters, that's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if I take a team, 
if if I take a team that we've done already, I would take that the roster that I mm-hmm. put in. Uh, there's a couple from uh, from before uh, they finalised the uh, the TV eleven fifty. So we were we started out at TV eleven hundred because uh, the previous rules mm-hmm. were that uh, on the twenty twenty. So there's there's maybe about five or six of our rosters there that I would amend with having an extra fifty k, and some that get a double that they they previously didn't, or sorry, a secondary that they previously didn't. Like for example, a lizard man team. Like you know, I can realistically I can have twelve players an Apo, and give sure hands to a chameleon skink, and make my lizard playing days a little bit happier. Yep. Um. And yeah, I mean, so there's a couple in there that would probably change a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I think um, I would I would be looking at using one of ours for a, if I take one a team that we've done already, um, I would be looking to take one of our rosters or an a, a amended version if it's if it was a TV eleven hundred. So yeah, as Al said, come and come and find me, read read the room. If I've got a face like thunder, uh, still come and find me because I'll try and be nice. Send us a message beforehand, and we'll um, we'll give you a call out on the podcast. Uh, we I, I will probably be trying to get some podcast material while I'm down there as well. Uh, that's the aim um, to do a, a sort of special episode to, um, around NAF championships, and it will be discussing. Like Al and I will have a look at the results and see where teams have come and stuff like that, and um, yeah. try and get a hold of what the the the, the kind of key rosters were for people who've yeah. won or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. We're saying yeah. that the yeah. looking ahead to the next couple of months, I am flat fucking out. I, I've got a one day tournament in Aberdeen for bolt action. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to take a, an army that I've already got for that. Uh, that's on the 26th of March. Then the first week in April, you're off to the Blood Bowl UKTC. Um, that's right. And, yeah. You know, I was in that position where there were um, three major bowl action events on the same weekend, which is just fucking baffles me still. Uh, you know, one in Denmark, one in Cardiff, and there was a historical one uh, in the middle of England. And you know, the mm-hmm. the one for Denmark got ruled out, um, just you know, travel limitations and stuff. And you know, been waiting for the Welsh nationals in Cardiff to confirm and have tickets on sale, and we're you know seven weeks out, maybe just under. And they still haven't confirmed anything. So myself and another Scottish boy, we've uh, decided to to throw our lot in with the at the historical gaming event. Uh, it's called Roll Call by the um, British Historical Game Society. And once you delved into the pack, it's really good. Um, you know, the tickets only cost us twenty two pounds, but. We're, play, we're playing seven games over the weekend, the Saturday and the Sunday. 
It's fucking intense. Uh, four of them are at 1,250 points, and the other three are at 750 points. Um, so it's, it's really good value for money. Uh, and, you know, the thing is, they've, they've sold out their players. I think there's 30 players going. So it's a sellout event. Um, so we're pretty excited about going to that. Uh, you know, but there's a bit of a provision where our lists have to be historical. So I'm going to have to read some history books because I don't fucking do that. Um, but that's that's another that's another tournament. I have to get a few models ready for. I can take a an army I've already got, and then you wind the clock forward to the um, second weekend in May, and I'm off to the full action World Team Championships. And that's when I have to have the entire Soviet army ready. So I've got a lot of painting to do and not a lot of time. Like three months. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, that's that's a lot of a lot of stuff on the go. It's really weird that come come the end of May, you no, know, I'll um I'll be able to lift my head from paint and bolt action because I should have everything done that I need for the rest of the year you know for all the other tournaments thereafter I, you know, so I'm going to be putting a focus on to finishing a bunch of Blood Bowl stuff and um, start painting some of the A Song of Ice and Fire yeah uh, that that will uh, give you someone else to look at and uh, start pulling together as well. It'll be nice. Busy, busy. Is there any other chat chat from you? We. So I've got um, I've got UKTC obviously um, coming up um, at the end of March. Like I I might have to paint a team for that, um, depending on what I might, uh, what option I take. Um, so I might have to do something quick and dirty for that one. Um, NAF Championships at the end of April, start of May. So there's a month between the two that I'm going to. Um, there's Mulligans open between the two of those, but I, I just um, I don't think I'm going to get down to that one. It's just a bit too much doing three uh, tournaments in a, mm-hmm. in a month, effectively. Um, and then I don't know what I'm going to do tournaments-wise for the rest of the year. Um, we'll see. Norm- normally we'd run Granite Bowl, but I just I'm not feeling it this year. I might uh, I might uh, I might leave that on the the sidelines for another year and see how we're we're getting on next year. Well, I think I think, um, I think, I think one of the things there is venues. It's a lot of decision yeah. going on um, and you know you know what it's not it's not embarrassing to say but I think our our own focus is, is elsewhere at the moment yeah yep yeah. I don't know if I need to run a tournament this year but I'll, I'll see it may be something that appears towards the end of the year I say a one day yeah. event or something like that uh, but like I, I don't think we're going to be as much in as much bother with uh, having to 
reschedule if we put something in the calendar uh, as we were last year or the year before um, or lose deposits or anything like that. But yeah, getting venues at the, at the moment seems to be difficult. Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly up here in Aberdeen and uh, price is always a problem. Yep. Uh, there's so many people looking to do things like getting married and what have you. They haven't easily been able to do the last two years uh, that uh, venues can charge what they like really um, which is a bit of a pest we do have a geek retreat opening in Aberdeen though uh, which opens up opens up an option so they've they've got a decent sized uh, shop on Union Street which is quite close to uh, the train and bus station and some accommodation options for people so I may I may decide to do uh, to speak to them and see if we can use that as mm-hmm. a venue um, for a, a one day tournament as a test later on in the year once they're a bit established. But you know, I like I know a lot of the other tournament organisers in Scotland are very similar um, mindsets. They're not really kind of pushing to organise anything at the moment. Um, domestically. I'm sure somebody will do something. Basically, for myself, the once May's done, that's all the sort of far distance travel done. Um, there'll be the full action Scottish Nationals in September, and that'll be held at Bathgate at Nightly Games. Uh, there's another guy in Scotland, he'll run a one day event in Bathgate at Nightly Games as well. Uh, that could be in early August, he says he wants to do it. And if I get motivated enough um i mentioned at the start of the podcast the sort of regular bolt action meetups if i get enough momentum built up um you know towards october i might throw a a one day bolt action event together at common ground games just to bring those sort of fresher players um together for a, a bit of a focused event um but that's that's pie in the sky. I don't have to think about that until August. But yeah. When... The other thing that's held me back from organising stuff is uh, like time. You know, like I've I've just changed jobs. Uh, I've, I'll be offshore a fair bit, and uh, I just don't have the time to organise mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so I'm pushing out stuff till later in the year is probably a good idea. I know you you're busy as well. You know, with going to things and yeah. Uh, looking after your son, so it's difficult trying to get get time to pull stuff together. Yeah, but it's 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 cool to think though that the first half of this year I'm I've got a lot to do. I'm excited by it, and you know, I, I like sharing it on our podcast, and hopefully the listeners and rookie coaches um don't get too bored and don't go off and buy a bolt action starter set. Yep. Fuck, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, go go and go and buy go and buy stuff. Yeah, buy buy things. things. Buy things if you can afford, or 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 don't don't go panic buying just because GW are putting prices yeah, up. Oh, fuck. That's that's ridiculous. Uh, I do not endorse that. that. I mean, why don't we just wrap it up? Let the rookie coaches go to bed and dream about what else. Nightmares. All right, rookie coaches and listeners, thank you very much for joining us, and. We will see you again very soon. Goodbye. I'll be tree hugging Fritz.
enjoy it in like a healthy gibbon.